0: Welcome to Sattva Himalayan Wisdom. This episode visits Part 2 with Tommy Rosen, taking the discussion deeper into the yoga Vedantic understanding of addiction and recovery.
1: It has been said that by people, it's been written and it's been spoken about many times, that the problem seems to be, uh, with people who, are, who feel that they have lost the power of choice because of a, a very powerful addiction in their life. We're talking about very strong addictive behavior that's been there for a long time, really worked up into a, a powerful vasana and, and, and hard to break out of, if not uh, f- for the person in that moment feeling impossible to break out of. Um, it's been said that the problem is lack of power. So the entire 12-step program is really built around the idea that we are going to build a bridge to a power greater than ourself, however anybody refers to that. Can you speak about the ways, as you see it, in yogic practice and, and the tradition of sattva yoga and yoga in general, how we can access and build power? I mean that in the best sense of that word.
2: It is very much true. Suffering thrives in a weak environment. The law of nature is, whichever entity has a stronger energetic environment, that entity will prevail. And if that stronger energetic environment is in the substance that one is addicted to, then that entity becomes like a demon which dominates your life. When we speak about these in you know in certain localities or certain groups or clusters of people, they talk about being possessed by an entity, which which you describe. In whenever one is possessed by the entity, one finds that the individual who is possessed has no no power of choice left, that the entity which is possessing the individual is more powerful than the individual. And so, in those all those, you know, stories, then you call an exorcist who ultimately is connected to God, higher source, and does some, you know, whether it is mantra or incantations and whatever. So that's what it's trying to describe,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? That you are plugging into a higher source. Yes. And uh, I think that's for anybody who is in the grips of suffering or in addiction. That's an intimate experience for everyone, that you feel inherently weak. And so in yoga, the access to authentic power becomes crucial. The And it has to be cultivated both in the localized structure while simultaneously also tuning the localized structure to the cosmic intelligence. There is no denying that there is cosmic intelligence to deny a cosmic intelligence to deny a greater being presence is to live in a universe which is uh, random and meaningless i mean we like you know we, are, we eat food molecular food and the prana in your body converts it to you so that where does that prana come from the prana comes from the field of shakti the energy when that prana is no more detectable in the body, then the, you can put all kinds of molecules in the body, nothing happens. So that Shakti itself is in yoga called the divine mother energy. So when we build the Shakti, when we are working with the Shakti in the localized, and then also simultaneously connecting to the Shakti, which is all-pervading, whether you want to, in a tradition, we call her the cosmic mother, the divine mother. You can call it divine father can call it presence, cosmos, whatever works for you. But that there is a specific methodology and techniques to intensify this and then to align this to the greater field of intelligence simultaneously. So they have to intensify and align. And that alignment and intensifying has to be at the level of Shakti, which the localized level shows up as prana. It has to happen refinement and correction at the level of manas, that is the mind. It has to happen at the level of annamaya kosha, which is the physical structure. It has to happen at the level of jnanamaya kosha, your worldview, your universe view. You have to really fundamentally explore that. And then it has to happen at the level of anandamaya kosha, your baseline experience. And when we can have a consistent culture for this, then you begin to find that slowly this staying power starts to emerge in you. And that staying power gives rise to deserving power. And so whether we are working with the navel strength, whether we are working with the heart strength, whether we are working with the third eye, all these are distinct levels of strength. Ichcha Shakti, the power to will, jnana shakti, the power to know the right, and kriya shakti, the power to act in the evolutionary manner. So these are the three base expressions of power, of shakti. Icha, the right will, jnana, the knowledge, and kriya, the ability to now act in that manner. Right, And these are all pulsations of That baseline Shakti, when the Shakti pulsates, first it shows up as Icha, then Jnana, and then Kriya, or Jnana, Icha, and Kriya. So when we are speaking about even Kundalini, that's what Kundalini is. Kundalini is your infinite power, not power over someone else, but a power which is your own infinite potential. Mm-hmm. When we remain disconnected from that power, we inherently feel weak and we design our own suffering because we live in a state of self hatred. We cannot respect ourselves. And if we cannot respect ourselves, then we will engage in actions, modes of thinking, modes of behavior which are ultimately self destructive. Right? So, The yogic system is very much designed to really culture that infinite power that resides within each and every one of us, to have a proper culture, proper training with technology, with also correction of the intellect. Through consistent lifestyle based on these principles, one finds a natural staying power, natural power arises. Which is not in competition with anybody, which is not power over anybody. It's uh, that's what really takes starts to take care of suffering. As long as this power is not being experienced, not it, from the yogic perspective, it is not just you know kind of a belief in a power which is elsewhere, <coughs> but rather the enlivening of the power which is here and then expanding your awareness where the power there starts to become also here, here, Mm -hmm. here, here. So instead of here being here, it starts to become here, 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 here. So the God within becomes also God without. So God is not just somewhere in a particular address Mm -hmm. in space-time, but the whole space-time becomes God. Right? There is nothing but God. That's a powerful life. Mm -hmm. Wherever there is power, authentic power, there is not suffering. Challenges are there, but suffering is not to be found.
1: Thank you. Um, can you speak to... This is, this is a little bit on the topic of helping people to work with symbols and archetypes to begin to build that relationship in a local way and, and in an expanded perspective way. Uh, many people... So I, many people would say, and, and, and I would say, that the 12 steps and the, the ideology, the doctrine of the original 12 steps, had its foundation in Christianity, which is neither here nor there. That's, that's where it's coming out of. And so some people come to that work as Christians, and they say, well, I have a vision of a higher power, and, and I'm using the image of Jesus Christ as that. Other people have hundreds of different ideas uh, of, of what that looks like. Can you speak to our human desire to connect with God in a form when we cannot grasp the formless?
2: You see, the form is the formless. Yes? It is only at the level of dualistic thinking the form and the formless are opposing
0: mm.
2: where life and death are opposing where singularity and plurality are opposing you know we'll what we call in the modern cosmology this space we find ourselves in we call it the universe it's one verse and yet it is filled with infinite galaxies and every galaxy is filled with infinite star systems and you know solar systems and every within solar system planet systems you know and you have within a planet like earth infinite possibilities mm-hmm. so within every expressed reality you find the finite and the infinite coexisting like you and i we are finite we are we have limitations but we are also infinite in the sense of the complexity of thoughts we can have and the level of what all we can create, what all we can experience. There is a certain level of infinity to it. Mm -hmm. And of course, that infinity is less infinite than the infinity of the Earth. And the infinity of the Earth is less infinite than the infinity of the galaxy and so on and so forth. So there is infinity, but there is... Uh, A larger infinity and smaller infinity, right? That's the the great mystery of infinity. And so we find that these opposing ideas of formless and form of singularity and plurality, these are arising from reductionist thinking. If you accept God as formless, then God as form is very natural. Yes. For flower, is it formless or form? Depends at what level you are seeing. Mm. At the level of certain frequency match, the flower is form. But you keep dialing in, then you will start to see the molecular structure. And you go deeper, you might see atomic structure. Then you go deeper, you might see subatomic particles pulsating. And you go even deeper, you will see mostly spaciousness. So the flower is simultaneously form and formless. You are simultaneously form and formless. What you call form is just a certain level of observation. So it is natural. If you are invoking the presence of God, and then there is nothing that is not God. right? So either from the yogi perspective, you have to Take a stance. So if you say there is God, then there can only be God. Right? Or you say there is no God. If you say there is God, then what is not God? Right? So nirakar, nirakal, formless, timeless dimension of being. Then that dimension of being pulsates and generates the field of relativity. And then within relative reality, there is sakar with form. Just like the ocean. The ocean is one, and yet you go to different beaches, you will find a different qualia of the ocean. You will meet the ocean differently at different beach around the world, Mm. even though it's just one ocean. Mm. So I think the access to a certain level of personal relationship, to bring the impersonal personal, right? To, to make the infinite also... Relatively finite. Keeping its infinite nature intact. Mm. But. To make it relatable. A certain finite. Boundaries are given. Yes.
0: Mm.
2: Why are why is anybody able to relate. To you. Is because there is a certain. Finiteness to you. Then that relationship. Is much more charming. Mm. If you are only. Showing up as boundless, then nobody can relate to you. <laughs> yes. So why are we able to love our mother? Because there is a certain finite nature to her infinity. Why are we able to love and appreciate a pet? Because it's a f- it is the universe showing up as the dog. The dog is a happening of the universe. But there is, within that dog, there is a certain structure is there. So the infinity is relatable. Mm. So, in yogic tradition, we call that Ishta, whether it is Christ or whatever form, whatever name you give it. Mm. Even the moment you give name, it's form only. Mm. Name is also a form. And so what is the Ishta? It is the... Finer than the finest expression in the relative reality of the absolute, Mm. right? So it's the faintest boundaries you can impose upon the infinite. Mm. And that helps us gain a certain level of personal relationship Mm. to the infinite. Within the yogic tradition, of course, the Ishta is also part of the technology where every Ishta comes with a specific technology to awaken that potential, that generate that frequency within you so that you can begin to sense that presence more within you and without you. Mm. Right? So every Ishta has a technology associated with it. Mm. But when we are speaking about the sense of connection, of love, whether it is through Abrahamic, uh, understanding, Abrahamic faiths, you know, you know, uh, the Islam or Judaism or Christianity—they are Middle Eastern uh, religions. Mm-hmm. All of them originated in the Middle East, and then got exported to the West. Right? Their fundamental understanding is similar. Names are different, or whether it is uh, in Buddhist understanding, or but to to have a certain level of localization of the infinite on that helps build a personal relation Mm. that to have some place why we have built culturally not just in the contemporary times but in any civilization you find you will always find altars there in humanity there has been no civilization where you will not find certain Spiritual symbology. Because we, as beings, we long for that. Some place we can bow our head, where we can just surrender, and then we know something is greater. With the intentionality of bringing that awareness in whether you are walking down the road, looking at the tree, you have the same in the river, in the rock, and the butterfly, in the sky, in the mountain. But some place where you have intimate personal connection doesn't have to be some organized Structure, but yes. your own personal uh, access point, mm. I think, is very, very helpful. And of course, it's also helpful within the context of the archetypes. We need archetypes. We need, uh, you know, symbols to shape ourselves mm. around, mm-hmm. to aim our life's trajectory in a direction of mm. right and. Uh, What you call idols are not dead idols, but these are living entities Mm -hmm. which are signposts to orient your life in that direction. Whether you call Buddha and you place a Buddha statue, that's not a, it's a living entity Mm -hmm. which is inviting you to tend your life, tend your heart, your mind in the direction of what that being represents. Mm -hmm. Right? So I think those symbols our invitations to culture our life and tune our life to that particular Mm -hmm. presence.
1: Uh, To conclude this first session, this leads right into a a small discussion here about community and the power of community. And I love the non-dogmatic expression that you just made, that each of us has the ability and the capability to access a personal relationship with a greater field of intelligence and with what I refer to as the divine or God or Divine Mother. If each person has the ability to do that and to create a personal relationship, I have a personal relationship with the Divine, I, I can't give it to you. You have a personal relationship with the Divine, you can't give it to me. But you can inspire me and you can support me in my in building that relationship more strongly and, and beautifully and intensely, devotionally. Uh, it seems that this world is fraught with ways to get off that path. Distraction. Uh, billions of forms of ways that we can forget again that spiritual connection. And it's certainly not one of the more celebrated, uh, ideas in our society i i feel so the power of community to support someone in this relationship with a power greater than ourselves can you speak to the power and necessity of that and how that works in a in a tradition where people are encouraged to to, to develop their own relationship with the divine yeah and
2: there is important thing to realize that when in yoga when we speaking of power greater but it's also you. Mm. Right? So there is not greater than yourself as in some judgmental entity mm. which sits in isolation. The greater power is your own highest self, and you are her expression, his expression, its expression. Mm. So it is you, but also not you within the idea of you.
0: Mm. Yes? Yes.
2: And so the, when we speak about connection, it is as much realization as connection because connection sometimes can be understood as separation. So there is never separation. Separation is impossible to have because only mm. infinity exists. So isolated identity is just a hallucination.
0: Mm.
2: So connection is realization ultimately of that which always is. I realize I'm connected. Exactly. Yes. Right. And so The experience then of of community, of sangha, is we are social creatures, human beings, and uh, gatherings which are structured around celebration of love and uh, a celebration of growth and evolution. And within our, you know, within our tradition, we do not create a distinction between culturing the mind and the heart. Mm. A lot of time, a challenge for people who might have this idea of God, and they then have difficulty in coming together with the other idea of God, is because there is not culturing of the mind. Mm. And so, mind and heart have to ultimately get infused. Mm. Right? in one unified whole. And so when you have a, a wisdom-loving community to plug into that, it's immensely powerful to be in a group heart, mind field, which is everyone, to the to their best of their abilities, leaning in the direction of greater unity. I think it's a very, very powerful tool. Even the Buddha talked about it, the three commitments, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. But within the sangha, every individual has to be totally, absolutely, fully responsible for themselves. And swadharma have to engage in their swadharma. And only then can the sangha be healthy and be a great solace and can really support and uplift you. Mm -hmm. But uh, not without each and every one member, very intensely aware of their responsibility. And then, of course, you might have off times or moments of weakness. Then you can lean in that also. Mm-hmm. And it will lift you up. And sometimes you will come and you will be the one lifting others up. And sometimes you will come and you will be the one lifted. And so that becomes a give and take relationship in that community. And this, you know, since time immemorial, if you look at any indigenous tribes, indigenous traditions are over the people, this people coming together. In this kind of exploration of the great mystery, being in awe together mm. has a incredible effect on us. It uh, has profoundly healing impact on our emotional intelligence, on your brain health. I mean, it's, uh, it increases your longevity. You know, you will be around longer. Mm. To love, I think. So, uh, having a healthy sense of conscious. Sovereign, responsible individuals coming together with a shared intention is very powerful, mm. very, very effective. It has been, you know, that's why people even go to a rock concert.
0: You know, or group be, energy.
2: The group energy, it, it has a certain power to it. Mm. But when we can consciously develop it and culture it, then it can be a very, very uh, big gift in life, mm.
1: definitely. Thank you. So grateful to have these insights and these ideas and to be expanding um, and innovating. And just moving forward in this conversation, uh, I wish I could say to you, we're gaining on addiction, and we're simply not. It, It would appear that there's more addiction today, more struggle today around substance and around addictive behavior than there's ever been before. Also more people on the planet. But it's... it's uh, we are in the West at least in what's called a mental health crisis. Yes. And I believe that these ideas in this discussion can move us in a... Uh, an improved direction.
2: Absolutely, and I think uh, what is important Is to celebrate the victories and to focus on that. I think Mm. you know, from the yogic perspective, future is always bright. No localized nervous system Mm. has knows enough to be worried. (laughs) (laughs) So the only way out of time is to build a relationship to the future which is rational surrendered optimism Mm. if we do not have that we cannot progress Mm. in order to do good work in order to wake up and look forward to the day you must have rational surrendered optimism for a yogi that's the only way we can look to the future Mm. and as we do the work we celebrate The victories. Remember, ultimately, all reports are also reports on the consciousness state of the reporter. You know? And so we celebrate the victories. There is a lot more people also who are healing.
1: Overcoming. Exactly. Overcoming.
2: Mm -hmm. Or even a lot more people who are... I mean, we are here at Sattva. The kind of people who are coming is always changing. And Mm -hmm. there is more and more people coming. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, I mean, the... Even in the pandemic, uh, when there were people not traveling, there were more and more people joining online courses and, and sincerely seeking to connect and reach out. Hundreds and thousands of people mm-hmm. doing retreats. You know. And uh, we have about 100 and some people here right now. Mm-hmm. So there is more people also doing that. It's just that we live in a time where uh, there is more information available. And so if anything happens, there is much more reporting also.
1: You're aware of it. Exactly. Mm.
2: So uh, ultimately, the Leela is going on. In the relative time, there is no perfect time. Yes, There is always, in the relative field of reality, duality will persist. There will be ups and there will be down. There will be a tear to a laughter. And the show goes on. Mm And we have to just orient our life in the direction of taking in the good, on celebrating the victories, Mm -hmm. on walking our own dharma, Mm -hmm. and letting it rest be to the cosmic intelligence, to Mm -hmm. the great intelligence, to God, to Divine Mother. Because ultimately, everyone is as much that right so we do our best and we leave the rest mm. <laughs>
0: right?
2: yes very important because i see a lot of time people get very pessimistic and burdened by the reporting yes these days a lot you know
1: i i'm in the field and i you know i very much appreciate what you just said and so i'll clean up my language a little bit And I'll say that I recognize the importance of continuing to innovate in these ideas. Absolutely. And that this is incredibly important, more than I can express, as I watch and see the policies, at least in my country, lean towards the treatment of addiction with medication, uh, much more so than, say, meditation.
2: Yeah.
1: And and I am that's not my preference, uh, and that's okay. And and here we do our work and we put out these ideas and, and inspire people in this direction.
2: Yeah, it's uh, everything happens in its time. Uh, it's uh, eventually, all life will find its fulfillment. <laughs> you know, all life. <laughs> And so even the Buddha came, he did his best. So he could say, "There is." if we met him, he would say, I can report. There's a lot more people asleep than they are awake. (laughs) But if you look at him, his statue is still smiling. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the nature of the times Mm. that we are in. We have to, of course, see the problem. But then focus on the way only. That is the key. Mm-hmm. Otherwise uh, we get drained and uh, we get our energy gets drained, we get burdened. then the goodness of the heart gets heavy. Mm-hmm. So it's better we must have practice safety first of the heart, mm-hmm. take in the good, focus on the way, and realize all problems are only pointing to the way. You know.
0: Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so grateful. You've been listening to Sattva Himalayan Wisdom. Remember to subscribe, like or share. For more knowledge and wisdom, visit our websites at Sattvayogacademy.com or SattvaConnect.com.